0: Hello, and welcome to The Lancet Podcast. My name is Nikolai Humphreys. Today, it is January 16th, 2014, and on this episode of the podcast, I will be speaking with Professor Robert McLaren from the University of Oxford in the UK, who led the research in a new study that looks into how gene therapy could improve eyesight in people born with an incurable form of blindness called choroideremia. I actually caught up with Robert over the phone earlier, and for context, I asked him to start by explaining what causes choroideremia.
1: Choroideremia is a retinal degeneration, that's a degeneration of the, uh, of the lining of the back of the eye. It's caused by deficiency of the choroideremia gene, and the gene is on the X chromosome, uh, and this means that men are primarily affected because men only carry one X chromosome, being XY. And the choroideremia gene encodes a protein known as REP1, or REP1, and this protein has got a very important role in moving small parcels around inside of cells, vesicles. And, and these these parcels that are moved around inside the cell are dependent upon REP1. If you think of it as a little bit of a cell with lots of networks like railway lines, the, the, the REP1 would be sort of running the, the, the goods around the tracks in, in the cell. And for some reason, the reason that we don't understand fully, is that the deficiency of REP1, it it only seems to affect the cells in the retina. It doesn't seem to make much difference elsewhere in the body because there are other proteins that can compensate for it. So we have a situation with men who who are affected who who generally start off with symptoms in childhood where they sort of notice problems with their night vision initially as the retina begins to die off. And then as it progresses, they, they develop tunnel vision as the peripheral part of the retina degenerates until eventually they're just left with a tiny island of a vision in the center and, and then and then finally that's Extinguished as the degeneration completes. So it's a devastating disease It's terrible to have to tell patients in the early years of their life that they've got this terrible diagnosis and that There is no currently no, no treatment for it. So there, there is sometimes um, a genetic history as well so there may be a family history and and an affected mother who's a carrier of the disease may may be aware that that their son has got it and and, and may be reluctant to tell them the diagnosis very early on. But but the the diagnosis is often known at an early stage from the family history.
0: And what was the background rationale for you undertaking this study?
1: Well, in... A number of diseases, we, we know that you know, where, where genetics is involved, sometimes the, the diseases are there because there's a genetic defect that means that something which should be made in the body is, is no longer made. And in the case of diseases in the eye, there are a large number of retinal diseases that cause retinitis pigmentosa and other types of retinal degeneration, which are genetic in nature. And clearly, if something is going to make you go blind, it needs to involve both eyes because otherwise you'd be able to see clearly out of the other. And if something is involving both eyes, it's, it's almost certainly, you know, it's going to be genetic in some way because, you know, something that's genetic is going to be present in, in, in both eyes. So we understand that a lot about genes and how they work. And the concept of gene therapy is to actually try and replace the missing gene or modify it so that we can correct the cells at the level of the DNA this would be in contrast, for instance, to administering protein. So for instance, someone who's got choroideremia is missing this Rep1 protein. It's not possible to give them this protein to take by mouth because the protein would get degraded in, in, in the gut or even if it was injected intravenously, it's, it's very unlikely that it would get into the retinal cells in any, in any high level. And so the most efficient way of actually making this gene in the cells is, is not actually to give it you know, systemically as a protein, but actually to replace the missing gene in the cells of the retina, so those cells can then make the rep one protein themselves, and and this is the concept of what we're doing with with gene therapy is actually using the, the the DNA, putting the DNA into the cells to get the cells to make the rep one protein themselves.
0: And that leads me on to the next question, which is to ask for you to briefly explain the main findings of the trial.
1: Well, what we've um, what we set out to do with this study is to test whether we could put this gene into the cells of the retina safely. Now one of, one of the things that I explained at the beginning was that the patients maintain vision until the very end. Okay, Even though they get a lot of tunnel vision it becomes very, very constricted. What we need to do is we need to get the gene into those cells without damaging them because putting the gene into the retina is quite a complicated process. We, we, to do this we need to detach the retina. And the virus has been developed in such a way that makes it Relatively non immunogenic in other words, you know It's not going to cause a big immune reaction because if we did get an immune reaction from the virus in the retina That inflammation could potentially destroy the remaining vision and similarly the detachment of the retina and the surgery could also damage the vision So the primary aim of our study was to get the virus in into the cells um, Without causing any damage and then you know we need to wait and see what the results are in terms of slowing or stopping the degeneration but what we found, which to be honest, we, we were looking for it anyway, but, but obviously what, 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 what we're delighted to find was that we can actually detect improvements in vision in patients who've had the gene therapy treatment, and that's very helpful to us because it tells us that the virus is in the eye and it's working and the protein is there, and also that there is some of the vision loss may be reversible, particularly in the later stages where the cells are dying off, the cells are not quite dead, you know, we may be able to rejuvenate some of them with the gene therapy once, once it's in, and that's a very exciting finding.
0: So you've already said that this is the first time that gene therapy has been used to treat patients with normal visual acuity before the onset of clinically significant retinal thinning. Does your research support the further development of this treatment for other more common genetic causes of blindness?
1: Absolutely, because you know we are looking at a relatively rare disease. Choroideremia affects about one in fifty thousand people. In fact, we think it was originally described in 1872, so it's been around for a long time. But nevertheless, it's quite rare. But There are other more common diseases, such as age-related macular degeneration, which causes blindness in about 350,000 people in the UK and affects 1 in 10 people over the age of 60. And, of course, as we are dealing with a more aging population, the prevalence of age-related macular degeneration is going to increase um, and become more of a burden for for our healthcare system. Um, So the concept of any kind of genetic treatment is, is really to try and get the gene in before the tissues degenerate. Because once the once the retinal cells have died, they, they can't be brought back to life with gene therapy. They've gone. So we need to get in as early as possible. And what we found with our study is that it's possible to put the virus into the eye in patients who have normal visual acuity, so they can see what we would say 6 over 6 or 20-20 on the eye chart. And the virus can go in uh, safely and start doing its uh, work with expressing the, the gene. and those patients have a full recovery of their visual acuity. And that means, that that safety data, if you like, that result means that we could potentially intervene at an early stage in other retinal diseases uh, to prevent degeneration, and of course, age-related macular degeneration would be one of our key targets for any type of gene therapy due to its prevalence. We, We don't know yet exactly what genes we'd need to express in macular degeneration because there are several genes involved, but the concept of actually applying it before the retina degenerates. We've I think shown that fairly conclusively in the current study that it can be done and the virus can be put onto the retina safely.
0: Well that's really great news. I'd like to finish by asking you to reflect on those who undertook this, and I'm gonna say that it is state-of-the-art treatment. Uh, Can you comment on their experience after follow-up? How much improvement was in their vision? Well we had um,
1: six patients in our study uh, that we've reported in, in in The Lancet. Two patients had very advanced degeneration such that the fovea, which is the central part of the vision, was 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 almost gone. And in those two patients, they were able to read in one case two extra lines, in one case four extra lines on the eye chart, and and both aware of improvements to the vision. And and in that regard, you know that that's an amazing result because we really didn't know at the beginning uh even if the virus might actually make things worse you know at the beginning sort of like an initial drop but actually they've they've both got initial gain we've reported the results at six months but you know we're confident because those results in terms of visual acuity improvements have been sustained up until the last time i've seen the patients which is one year and two years Um, so, so we're very pleased that the initial gain has been sustained the other four patients some of them had excellent vision because we want Queen to intervene early on. They haven 't noticed specifically any improvements in their vision because they 're still at, at the high end of what might be expected. A couple of the other patients are sort of a little bit further down have noticed improvements in color and improvements in their in their night vision. the sort of things you 'd expect to see in someone who 's basically had had a procedure um, that's improved that 's improved their vision but it 's a little bit early to say on the whole study because. Ultimately, with those patients in whom we've treated who've got good vision, we are very keen to see if the virus stops or slows the degeneration. And it's still too early to say that. We've got good evidence from the improved visual function that the virus is in the cells and it's got in the cells safely and it's doing its job, but the important question that we cannot yet answer is whether or not we will preserve vision in those eyes that have been treated. And this is quite a frustrating thing, because of course, the patients are desperate for me to treat their other eye, and they want me to treat the other eye. And I have to say to them, look, you know, we we need to have some control for the disease process because the eye, the disease is fairly symmetrical, and, and we don't know yet if the degeneration has been slowed. So, so we really need to carry on until we can see a noticeable difference between the two eyes in terms of degeneration. The then we can then sort of close the book and say, okay, well, we now know that this treatment is actually slowing down the degeneration, and then go on and treat the other eye. And, and for me, I think. You know having to hold back on the on the second eye treatment for the patients who are in the studies is, is quite a hard thing to do. And it takes a bit of explaining and, and of course they whenever they they come to the clinic they're, they're always asking about it.
0: Professor Robert McLaren, thank you for taking the time to speak to The Lancet.
1: Thank you.